0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision podcast with Carrie Rome and very special guest John Eads, who is an author coming up November 8th. Is that right?
1: Yeah, November 15th. November, November
0: 15th. 15th. So Building he's got a really cool book. He's he's all things leadership and we've just had a, about a 30-minute chat before. Just kind of a warm-up, John, as I guess it was. But uh I've seen some videos. I've read some stuff that John, uh, some of his content, and it's. I I said I've got to get this guy on the podcast because I'm sure we can unpack unpack a lot of really good stuff here. So, John, um, one of the things that I like to do is sort of start off with maybe a little corny question, Mm -hmm. and I usually do a steak or fish, beach or mountains. But I had this question the other day. We had this uh, family sort of game that you kind of pull out and it's just this random set of questions. I'll share it with you because it's really fun. You should uh, dinner time with your kids. But I'll do it. If you were going on a family trip and you were in charge of making the playlist for the car ride, what would that playlist
1: be? It would definitely include Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Uh, And it would start with standing outside the fire. And for a very intentional reason. Uh, the whole song is about uh, how most of us stand outside the fire and what we want to do is be in the fire Mm. and how we need courage to be in that fire. And I, I sing it to my kids all the time. I mean, this, this world we live in needs more people, not afraid to be in the fire and, uh, and doing the very best they can possibly do, not sitting on the sidelines. So it would definitely start with Garth Brooks standing outside the fire. And I would probably keep going down the Garth Brooks route. Um, I have a five-year-old daughter, and he's got a song called The Dance. Oh, and yeah. so it's just a phenomenal uh story, a song. And I I put it on at bedtime for my kids. We have a little playlist, Alexa playlist for bedtime. <laughs> and um shows you how much times have changed. You just tell Alexa to play the playlist. Oh. And to watch my daughter kind of sing the words to me now. And I just can't imagine one day I'm gonna hopefully uh Knock on wood, get a chance to dance with her at her wedding to that song. I think yeah. it would be phenomenal. Yeah. So those would definitely be two, and then uh, anything Dave Matthews. Uh, I'm on a crush kick right now. I go way back, and so <laughs> it would be those three for sure. What about the rest
0: of the family? I mean, are they are they just bought into Dad's playlist? Or? No, uh, no,
1: not at all, uh, not at all. But you know, music so uh, it's 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 food for the soul. I think in many ways, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, it, there, without question the greatest showman would be on there i don't know if you've oh, seen yeah. that movie oh, but yeah. that album Certainly. is very popular in our household yeah. so uh i would try to get everybody we typically take a, a chance for every family member to name a song yeah. and we go in order when we're in the car and so i would probably have everybody's favorite song on that playlist uh,
0: that was a- that was a really, you did, you did not just breeze past that, that question. You really yeah. dove into it. That's good. And I love the, uh, the dance. That's, yeah, you mentioned you're an emotional guy. You're not going to make it through that.
1: No. That, no I'll, <laughs> I'll be crying like a baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I hope I get the opportunity to do that one day. It'd be a great gift to my life. I love it. Well, listen, once
0: before we dive into the show, tell everybody a little bit about what you do and what you've been working on.
1: Um, I started a company called learn loft. Uh, it's m- mission is to turn professionals into leaders and create healthier places to work. Uh, at the center of what we do is trying to help individual leaders that, whether that be a C in the C suite or the middle management or frontline management to better and effectively lead other people and not mm-hmm. just manage, uh, mm-hmm. we're in a world today that needs leaders in it. And, in, in order to do that, we need people with courage that act properly, that lead properly, that, and so that's, it. we run everything we do past that mission statement. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't help us do that better and more efficiently or more effectively for our clients, we don't do it. And uh, it's, it's uh, to, to take you back a little bit. I, I, I played college golf at the university of Maryland and then I played professional for three years. And I never thought I would love anything in my life more than golf. And I love what we do now 10 times more than than wow. playing professional golf. When you get to see people's life change in, or a light bulb go off in their mind, uh, and you know their life and those people that they impact is going to be different because of the work that you do, whether it be writing or speaking or training or an assessment, it's a... And you don't know when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, but it's a it's a it's a very rewarding thing to get to do every day.
0: Good for you. That's powerful. That is really really good. Okay, so take me. You, you sort of you went there a little bit. Um, take me to the Wayback machine. You're you're a professional golfer for three years. Um, at what point do you say, okay, this is not my career going forward? <laughs> And take me through the, uh, what you did immediately after that. And then the point at which you said, I've got a vision for something a little more than working for someone else. And I think I know what it is and how you nurtured that.
1: Well, it, 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 I met a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I did meet a woman, my wife, Amy, but, uh, it was just time. Anytime anyone that's ever played golf uh, at, at any point in their life, they know, it's a phenomenal game, but it's frustrating at the same time. And I got to a point where it just wasn't fun anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was so much like a job and it was so much about the dollars and cents. And uh, I was trying to be perfect. And I'll use the analogy because I think it's it's a good analogy for life. I You, you get to watch golf on TV and you see all these quote unquote perfect golf swings that look like Tiger Woods in his prime or, you know, it's just so perfect. And they, sh- mm-hmm. they only in the coverage, they only show the people that are at the top of the leaderboard. So right. everybody's playing well that week that you see. And so you get in your mind that your swing, your golf game has to be perfect all the time. And I got caught into this um, mold of trying to be perfect versus trying to be the very best version of John. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, and I took that to the nth degree from a technical perspective and it just started going South and I, and I just wasn't fun anymore. And so I, uh, I, again, I was, I was getting ready to get married. This is almost nine years ago, almost 10 years ago, man, it's flown by. And uh, I, it just was time to do something different. And so I, I went to look at, MBAs, I went to look at private equity, I went to look at all these different things. And I took an opportunity, a sales job in the sales performance improvement space, a company that my dad had founded. And it was the last thing I ever wanted to do was work with or for my dad. It's about a 100 person organization. And it was the worst first year of my life. Oh no. It was the worst. I mean, because one is I hadn't built any skill in the space. I didn't know about this space. I went right to trying to generate results from the giddy up and it it went really poorly. And my dad was super hard on me. He was not my direct boss, but you know, you don't didn't want to let a, a son in the business slide. Right. And it was just a really difficult time period. Um, for anyone that's been outside and they love being outdoors, being inside all of a sudden, you feel uh, like you're a little bit in jail too. Yeah. So you're dealing with like, the emotional baggage of failing at, failing at golf and professional golfer. Well, it was failure. Failure. It was failure um, for, for what the goal was. But at the same time, you're dealing with the emotional baggage of failing and changing environment to such a large degree. It was difficult time come to work. And do you feel like you sort of
0: felt that perfection that you had carried on the golf course and expectations
1: in the golf course directly into the sales probably uh probably but i think at the end of the day uh it was it was it was also just a lack of lack of skill a lack of development uh a lack of maturity maybe Mm. even Mm. uh but yeah i don't think i carried so much the perfection maybe my dad did a little bit but uh but it was just one of those things. But I was sitting in a classroom. We sold sales performance improvement solutions, and so I had sold this uh, workshop. And I I went on went to the workshop. I wasn't teaching it. I was basically coaching it. And I'd never I'll never forget this. I watched this man's life change before my eyes when he learned about this methodology something he had been not using and now he could use it and it was going to change the way he was able to provide for his family the performance for himself at his company it was like it was like where has this been all my life Mm. and i remember being like man this stuff that i'm selling is important yeah and it was like and i and I, i I never took my education very seriously because I was so focused on John and golf. And when I saw what really great professional education did and looked like and felt like it just changed everything for me. And ironically,
0: it it, it had nothing to do with you and everything about what you could get for
1: someone else. That is exactly right. And and, uh, if, if I could have drawn it up earlier in my life, I would have, I promise. Uh, but I think there's a timing for everything. And so it was about at that moment where I thought, this is what I've been missing. Mm-hmm. I've been missing education that I cared about, that that could help me and my family and others improve versus just because they told you to learn it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where the real light bulb went off. Mm. Okay, so,
0: so you figured out that, yes, I'm, this is a good spot for me. And what, what happened next?
1: I was looking for an opportunity to, uh, I'll be as candid as I possibly can be. I remember selling this deal. It was not a small deal. And I remember my commission check. And I'm thinking, man, the company's made a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> And I did. I mean, I made I made money. I wasn't like I was I was yeah. unappreciative of the commission check. But I remember thinking, like, man, I'd rather be on that side of the table. Yeah. And, and it was about at that time when uh, my oldest is now eight, and he was navigating my iPhone like as well as anybody at age two. And I'm like, how could we go sit in this classroom for two and a half days when my son, by the time he's working, that's he's, he's not might not even be capable of that. Right. And so I put two and two together that at some point I wanted to be the provider of that content, one, and two, it probably shouldn't look like its current version that I'm selling. Mm. And I combined those two ideas uh, into saying I'd like to go do something on my own at some point. And, uh, and that's what kind of got got the ball rolling.
0: And that was a, a technology-driven education platform? It was Is a that-
1: technology-driven education platform. I thought, okay. well, it can't be that hard to build software. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, was I wrong. And so we, we built this learning platform from scratch. I had a team of four, and we were about a year into building it, and we were just a rudderless ship. Mm. Not only did it cost more, but it was difficult to find traction in the market. Um, other people had rejected it. And so I did what most young leaders do. It couldn't be John's fault. It has to be my team's fault. Mm -hmm. And I decided to let one of my team members go, who was a fantastic team member, worked her tail off. And she looked at me at the end of that meeting, Carrie, and she said, John, I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know what we were doing. And I didn't know how I was helping us get there. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's ever sat in that chair where they fired someone and to hear those words that the problem was not them, the problem was you, Hmm. it changes everything. And there's a guy named Jocko Willink. He said, there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. And I just was living proof of that. I just did a really poor job leading that team. And so when she left my office that night, I'm a faith-based guy. I cried my eyes out and I said, "Uh, I I don't know why that just happened, God, but I'm going to do everything in my power to not let that happen to other people. And so from that day forward, literally the next day, we, and I set out to try to answer that question, what do the best leaders do and how could I be more like them? And, uh, and we just leveraged that and we, we, we became a content company and we, we still leverage the technology that we built to help um, change behavior, but uh, we're a content company now.
0: So that was a pretty big, so the big shift there, um, for you and i want to make sure that i capture this for people because i say this almost every single show when someone goes out and they first have a vision for something plan a nine times 9.999 percent of the, i mean it's just it's it's never the the right plan you always have to pivot and sometimes you can have slight adjustments along the way other times there's these really, really big, hard adjustment. Sounds like that's one you've gone through. I've gone through that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you That next day when you came back in the office, was there, a, was, it, was there a certain amount of clarity that you had or that
1: you swore you would find? I didn't have it. I can tell you that for sure. I mean, I had no idea what it was going to look like, feel like, act like. I mean, I had experience in the professional development world, so I had an idea of some of the stuff that worked or that would need to be developed. But even then, if, if I told you where we are now with our product development and how we help clients, I couldn't have drawn that on a whiteboard to mm. save my life. Mm. Uh, it was more about the desire inside to f- figure it out and and I, I just made the decision early on that i was going to i was going to document that journey in some way whether that be writing or podcasting or uh, or you know books or whatever it may be i thought i've got to find some way to help other people not have that same experience i did
0: hmm. okay I didn't, so- I didn't
1: know what the answer was going to be and i didn't know how we were going to do it but I knew that 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 was going to be at the center of it. Well, that's perfect for my next question, which
0: is what is the one thing that you think separates those that get to the point where you were those that see it through from those who sort of get stuck on go and, and and really never find that clarity.
1: Two words, interested or committed. Hmm. Interested or committed. If you're just interested in something, you do it because it's convenient. Mm -hmm. Because maybe you're supposed to or you kind of like it. But when you're committed to something, there's nothing that will stop it the, cause you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have, you think people are just going to give it to you? (laughs) Not a, not a chance. Uh, No one's just going to give up what they have and they don't even know they need to, you know, so it's one of these things that, um, there is an enormous difference because Mm -hmm. if you're just interested, the minute it gets hard, you're going to give up on it and you're going to move to the next thing that you're interested in when you're committed to something much like a really great marriage. It doesn't matter what happens in those boundaries. Neither party is going to give up on it. Hmm. And I think again, are there times to move on from a goal? Absolutely, Carrie. There are. Uh, But you're going to have a much better chance to be successful if you decide that you're committed to it, because it is a decision. It is. It's not something. It is a decision that we all make and uh I think that those are the two words i would I would say that is "Are you interested or are you committed I like that
0: so you so you commit you say we're going to be a content company
1: mm-hmm.
0: um tell me about the process of building on that idea because you i mean it, and really, what you did is you told your company yesterday in the the previous year, we're a software company. And then you said, no, we're a content company. Mm -hmm. And they probably were scratching their head and saying, okay, but down deep, probably the feeling that you had that evening with that employee, you said, I'm never going to feel that way again. And so you made a commitment to yourself. Talk to me about building on the idea of becoming a content company.
1: Well, like anything, you have to then go, I had built some great relationships with my people. So it it starts there. I mean, uh, you know, if you're going to go create a vision for something in the future, you have to have good relationships first. Mm -hmm. There's an old uh, African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I had to get these people that I built good relationships with on board, or we were only going to go as far as John would take us. And that's Mm -hmm. not very far. Mm -hmm. And so that, that I leaned on those relationships and um, I spent a lot of time thinking about, well, what could it be? What's in the marketplace? What's not in the marketplace? Again, not having the answers about what it was going to look like, what we were going to come up with, but to say, here's where we're trying to go. We're trying to go be one of the leading professional leadership development companies in the, in the world. And, um, and we gave a timeline and we gave it, and we gave a carrot and we, we really, we had this vision that we were going to go compete with these big companies. Mm. Um, And, and I think people bought into that. They're saying we could now, has it been an easy road? Was the timeline long enough? No, it wasn't. But that was almost besides the point. Yeah. It was almost besides the point. Uh, it, we, we got to give something people to believe in and, but it doesn't mean it's not gonna not going to come. It doesn't mean it's going to come easy.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you've heard it said that we overestimate what we can do in one year and underestimate what we can do in 10 years. That's
1: right. Uh, Lou Holtz, famously said, you're never as bad as you are in a loss and you're never as good as you are in a win. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I think that there's a lot to be true there for any entrepreneur or anybody leading an organization, which is, yeah. you know, you're never as bad as you think you are and yeah. you're never as far away as you think you are. Yeah. And you're never as great as you think yeah. you are either. Yeah. Okay. So you start down this path,
0: you're committed to content. How do you know, Hey, this thing's working and we need to put gas on this. We need to tweak and refine that. How, tell me about that
1: process. It's probably the hardest part. Because traction is different in every business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, traction is different in every industry. And th- so I don't have a great equation for that. There's been times when I'm like, oh, this is working perfectly. Let's put gas on it. And then the next quarter, it's the numbers go the opposite way. And we put gas on it. Yeah. Uh timing, you know, that that old question of luck versus skill and those kinds okay. of things. I, okay. I don't have a great answer for you here. All I know is that uh, when you believe in something and you, you, you're you going to have to make bets on yourself and the yeah. idea anyways, you know, we have to take risk in order for good things to happen at any point, which is think of that standing outside the fire song. We've, we've got to take calculated risk. Mm. and Keep testing, right? Yeah, keep testing. I mean, yeah. just think of it this way where I mean, I tell people this all the time, failure is not final failure is feedback, but you got to really let that thing seep into your heart Mm. because, you know, the first product we came out with, nobody used Mm. the second product, nobody used. Um, And so, you know, you start to question whether, well, maybe are we not good enough at this? And we still have those feelings, Yeah. you know? And so you just have to keep that I will say though that the price you have to pay is high. And that's a scary thought for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, whether that be the relationships at home, whether that be the 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 a financial investment, mm. whether that be, you know, there's lots of ways to cut the pizza, right? Yeah. Um but I will say, if you're going to go do something, anything really meaningful, the price is high. There's mm-hmm. a there's a quote I like to use for self-discipline, which is the ability and willingness to sacrifice what you want now for what you want more later on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And each of us have to make that decision at, at various points in our life. That are you willing to make the sacrifice? Are you willing and able to? sacrifice what you want now for what you want more later on and what you want more later on is not guaranteed right it it might never happen right yeah and that's where i think it gets really hard for people we all want it but are we willing to pay the price and make the sacrifice and without the guaranteed of of being on the other side and that is a difficult thing to uh to to make pull the trigger on but i think i think when
0: people get to a point and this is really i think what gets them off of being stuck on go is that the alternative is just not acceptable the alternative of not doing something you couldn't live with i mean this podcast the cage division podcast it's to encourage people to take that first step and then take the next step after that because you, you just couldn't, you couldn't find it any other way. It's sort of like that first reaction that you got in, in the sales meeting or the training that you went to, it, that, that changed,
1: it seems like it changed your life going forward. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would differ from you there is I would say it's actually easier to not do something. I mean, just think about that. Like, yes, we have this burning desire to do something maybe in our hearts and we want to go do something. But trust me when I say it's easier to sit on the sidelines because you can find a mediocre path. I say mediocre, that's not a fair statement. There's, you can go find something that you're good enough in to provide and you can, you know, do other things that aren't as high risk or a high reward. And so, I only say that to you, Carrie, because um, the world we live in today that you can go be an Uber driver, you can go create a life all for yourself, you know, b- stay home, whatever you want to do, you can really make it all about you and what you want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I reject that notion. I think, in fact, we have too many talented people, that could lead exceptionally well and help other people that are only thinking about themselves. Mm. Mm. And look, we all get to make choices.
0: Yeah. That's
1: the beauty of life in many yeah. ways. I just hope more people decide to, to, to get in the fire, to say, this is a fight worth fighting, not just for myself, but with others. And I'm not, I'm not going to let that thing that's burning inside me sit on the sidelines.
0: I like it. John, tell me about the next 10 years for you. What what, what does that look like?
1: I wish I knew that.
0: Uh, <laughs> where do you see the business going?
1: I uh, I'm more intensely focused on today than I've ever been. Okay. Meaning that while well, I have this vision for what it could be and what we want it to be and where we're going, you know, it's the execution every single day Mm -hmm. that's going to get us where we're trying to go anyways. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have visions of, you know, uh, I have visions of getting into politics one day and, and, and doing all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, like we we're only going to get where this business is trying to go. If we, each of us come in and execute at the very highest level today. Yeah. Yeah. And so where, where do I see it going? I mean, I, 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 I sincerely in my core believe we're going to help change thousands and thousands of lives with what we teach. Um, but we're definitely not going to get there if we don't execute really well. Today. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just and so, looking out, not, not focusing on today. Yeah. I mean, we miss so much. I was talking to one of our coaching clients today and he's missing opportunities, you know, to be where his feet are mm. with his kids every day uh, in hopes of getting somewhere in the future. And it's like, Well, by the time you get where you're going in the future, kids are going to be out of your house. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I like, I like that perspective too, where it's where are we going in the future? I don't know. I know we're trying to go somewhere big and we think big and we need to think big, but if I'm at home, I got to be present and I struggle with that as much as any man or woman, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a method that we teach in the book. Uh, It's called the PTS method and all it stands for is prepare to serve prepare to serve Mm. and the whole premise behind it is anytime you change your environment you say to yourself prepare to serve Mm. and you'll be amazed that when you open that garage door to go in your house tonight how your perspective will be different from I need to go turn on that tv or eat that dinner that I'm hungry or have a beer whatever it is that you do at night um, and think how can I go serve that those kids in my house or my wife or whatever it may be and when they go to bed I can serve myself and I think I think that's hard because we got to do it when we come into work. We got to do it when we go into the meeting in an hour. We got to do it when we walk in the house at night. And I think that one little shift of prepare to serve, it, it's dramatically changed my, my own life. And I think it can change your listeners. Very good. Uh, John, how do people get in touch with you? LinkedIn is probably the best place. John Eads on LinkedIn. Uh, the book's called Building the Best. It's on Amazon. It'll be in bookstores everywhere uh, November 15th. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best place. Learnloft.com is the website. And uh, we uh, certainly, um, I'll kind of maybe leave your audience with this. There's a Latin, Latin saying called Nuke Chepi. Okay. Nuke Chepi. And what it stands for is Now I Begin. And I think it's a powerful reminder that I don't care where you've, what you've been doing. I don't care how you've been leading. I don't care if you've never started a business or if you're in the middle of a business venture right now, or if you've been a bad husband or a bad father. What I care about is where you're going moving forward. Mm. Now I begin. Like each of us get to make a choice when we wake up tomorrow that I'm going to do it better today. And I hope that your audience will take that thought and run with it because- I don't really care where you've been. I care where you're going
0: now. Now. Okay, John, last question. This is a surprise one because I didn't tell you um, that this would be coming. But I'd like to close with this. If you could give yourself one piece of advice, your 20-year-old self,
1: what would it be? Easy. Patience is a virtue. Patience. Patience yeah. is a virtue. We want it right now, baby. Like. Yeah. I want it. I want everything. I want the car, the house, the family, the wife. I want, you know, whatever, whatever those faith. I mean, you name it. We want it all right now. And our everything we look at on the old internet is telling us that we should have it right now. Uh, And I, and I feel like if I could tell myself anything, which is, Patience is a virtue. Don't, do not mm. do not be afraid to put in the work every single day, whether the results are there or not. Like it will add up at some point in some way. It might even reveal a different path.
0: Mm.
1: It, you might, uh, this vision that you have, it might actually through that work, reveal a completely different path you're supposed to be on. So be really diligent and and just remember that those three words, patient, patience is a virtue.
0: So good. John H, thank you for being on the show. This has been a lot of fun and you definitely brought encouragement and built confidence today for those who are listening. Thanks for being on the show, John.
1: You're more than welcome.
0: Take care.